Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. I like how you went high pitched. I like how you went high pitched. All right. I love it. Oh, we got uh, Rosa on there too. Perfect. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Mr. Rodrigo Bayon to the show. Thank you. It's been a, a, a little while in the making. We've been uh, hearing some rumors, maybe, some legends, some stories about this Uh-oh. great man who's been helping so many agents out there. And so we were trying to get him on the show, rescheduling here and there. But finally, we got him. Thank you. Thank you for having Finally. Me. It happened. He's here. <laughs> it He's here. He's real. He's real. He does exist. <laughs> they do exist. Yeah. I love those commercials. <laughs> Anyways, dude, uh, you know, again, welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. We really yeah, appreciate man. it. And uh, hopefully when we walk out, we got uh, a little bit of story about, you know, where it is you came from, what it is, you know, why real estate, where'd you go? And, mm-hmm. and honestly, like you're at the top of your game right now. You've been, you know, very productive in what it is you do. But I know that there are many agents, there are many lenders, there are many people out there in sales that aspire to be where you've gotten to. And I'm hoping that today, you know, having a conversation with you, mm-hmm. we kind of help them transition from, you know, where they are, give them some tools that they might need to help them get to where they they want to be right we gotta right. we gotta turn them into some superheroes that's right so you're ready to reveal some of that uh, take off the cape and uh let's do it hang your cape a little bit and hell yeah let's educate all right let's do this all right brother so first of all tell me a little bit about yourself when when did you start how'd you get into the game when, where'd you come from so started in la jolla 2005 i had finished college i took two years off went to I'm from peru went to peru moved back and then my mom said, hey, uh, I have a, a job for you. Go get a job as an assistant to a broker. And I'm like, no, nah, mom, I want to do real estate. I've always wanted to do real estate. She's like, no, nah, real estate's for girls. You're going to be the <laughs> lender. You're going to do the loans for everyone. I'm like, all right, cool. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So everyone needs a loan. Everyone does. And uh, that's how I started. I started in 2005 and then just, you know, climbed my way up and kept growing and growing and growing and got better, got more knowledge, more insight, met a lot of people. Did a gazillion open houses, um, made a billion calls, and uh, just tried to prospect as many people as I could, and just helped me grow to where I'm at, where I am now. All right, when you first got started, what mm-hmm. were some of the like biggest hurdles that you came across? What were some of the problems that you know you're you're out there, you're getting started, and you're maybe you're not getting the traction that you yeah. wanted to? Well, number one, you're new, and everyone knows you're new, so no one wants to fucking talk to you. Right? <laughs> so you have to be persistent. You right. have to be perseverance, and you have to just be consistent with everything you do. Keep showing up. So I would do like the the caravans, mm-hmm. right? Always show up, always drive around to the houses, always say hi to the same people, come by and try to bring the cookies and the water or whatever it may be. Um, always go to people's open houses on the weekends, do the Popeyes, drive by. I would make open house flyers. How can I help you? And um, they really didn't want my help, <laughs> right? Again, you're new. It takes right. time. 
But get to the point where if you're the number two or three and you're being persistent and the number one messes up and then slowly the number two messes up, you will get an at-bat. And as long as you're still consistent when you're that number one, you'll be good. And that's something that I try to really take pride in, which is being consistent with the relationships you've worked hard to develop. Was it something that you just kind of did on your own or did you find a, I mean, you, you said you were going to come for work for a broker. Was it some sort of mentoring or some sort of coaching that helped guide you there? Or did you kind of just instinctively said, hey, this is what you're supposed to do? Um, well, it was a little bit of everything. It was a little bit of figuring it out. Um, I had a guy that was ran a B of A for like 50 years or something in Brea in LA. And he gave me a little bit of mentorship and I worked for a broker that was kind of, I had to figure a lot of things on my own. Of course, I always had mentorship, but it was really hands-on, right? Which was really cool. Because a lot of people hate hands-on. A lot mm-hmm. of people like behind the scenes, let me see what you do and I'll learn. Do this again. Let me see. I just did it. And it was trial and error and it was fantastic. And that's how I grew, right? It just, I learned more by just getting dirty with my hands and seeing, you know, Everything that was going on, everything is numbers and algorithms, right? You see everything, papers and taxes and income and bank statements. And it's just knowing how to identify it and having people help you and teach you what what does this mean? What is that? What happens if you have this? And then really knowing your product, knowing how to explain it and knowing how to sell it. But absolutely, there's lots of mentorship. So there's two parts to that. Because in my mind, when you're describing that, I, I picture like a fire hose. Here's mm-hmm. all the paperwork that's mm-hmm. flying at you, right? Mm-hmm. So that's I think that's one aspect of, of what it is you do. The other one is you actually being out there and making contact. Which one gave you the most trouble, and how did you feel about it when you were first going through that? Fuck, that's a great question. Um, I think the biggest trouble was developing the relationships. Um, because all of us, when we start any business, doesn't matter what it is, you go to your family. Hey, yeah. can I refi your house? <laughs> or you guys have any friends that want to buy? And then, hey, um, I know you got some friends. Like, are you going to have a party soon? Or you guys are going to go to church? What are you doing after church? Or whatever it may be. Trying to corner anybody. Yeah, <laughs> dude, take advantage of the family. And um, no, you know, just meet as many people as you can. And one thing that I, I've always preached and I tell my kids every day is be as nice as possible to every single person that you encounter or have a conversation with. At the end of the day, they're always going to remember you mm-hmm. as a person. Whether whatever it may be, if you're always nice and you're polite, they're always going to remember that. And that's a great value in life. And that's something that I you know, preach every day. It's huge, huge. Mm-hmm. What about the paperwork? When did that kind of click for you? What, what was, what, what, where did you know? Like, think back to when you're first starting, right? I mean, honestly, dude, speaking finance is a new language. So, it is. I mean, I don't know what you went to school for. You did go to college, so I don't I, know. I did. I did the easy route, communications. Oh, perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? As long <laughs> as you know how to bo- just talk and talk and, yeah. you know, public relations, public speaking. I love speaking to people. Um, it's funny because when I got into into the mortgage 2005, it was all like the stated income, stated asset, mm-hmm. no income, no asset, the option arms. And it was like... Hey, how much do you make? Three million a month. Awesome. Approved. (laughs) So there wasn't much paperwork at that time. Um, It was more if you have good credit, sweet, you fit the box. But right after that ended, let's get 2006, 7, 8, it was like, all right, cool. FHA was something huge, for instance, right? And um, that's when it was like getting down dirty with the taxes. All right, let me really look at taxes. Let me really look at income. Let me figure out complicated scenarios. And I think it really took realistically i'd say like three to four years Mm -hmm. to understand how to fix a problem when it comes to you from someone else meaning 
here's my story, here's all my shit, what are you gonna do? Stop, done, here you go, solved. And you can't solve everything, but it's knowing how to work backwards when you have something and not wasting a week or a month or two months. It's being Johnny on the spot and knowing how to identify what you have in front of you. And that's a talent. It takes a long time to just look at something and know how you're gonna do it. Right, and that's that's why you know when when you were talking about that, that's why I pictured that fire hose because mm-hmm. you know I, I sit and I I teach seventeen year old kids some of that stuff, and it really is you know even though it's a math course, uh-huh. it's a vocabulary course. You're learning an entire language, you know, and then not only for you in your case, not only is it now you know what these things are called, but how they actually fit and how these these you know cogs come together to to actually work together. Mm-hmm. So I mean. What kind of tips do you think you got for, you know, helping people out there to put these things together? Because agents should know this stuff. Lenders definitely should know this stuff. But what kinds of, you know, little tricks did you come up with down the path to help you kind of figure this stuff out so you have a clear path? Instead of a trick, let's call it the the 101s. Okay. Right? Like, like you must know this, 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 right? right? No people's credit as far as, oh, I had a foreclosure. Dude. You're going to have to wait a little bit, but you have to know how long. Right. And then you have to know how long for what type of loan. Or my credit score is under a minimum of 600. Why? Let me guess. You get too much debt. You don't know how to make your payments on time. You get a charge off, too many collections. So it's identifying and knowing what it is that you have in front of you to really create, I guess, what's going to come. Because... Uh, uh. Yeah. There's an end game where you want to close. Yeah, ask me your question again. I just... Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you, when you come across people's paperwork, when okay, yeah. they come and they bring you two tax returns, you know, two mm-hmm. bank statements, mm-hmm. and they, they, you, all this stuff is sitting in front of you, mm-hmm. right? What kind of process? What goes through your head? How do you line them up? I know, like when when people bring me stuff to do a tax return, I always sort it the same way the 1040 goes. So I put the income documents together, I put the adjustments together, I put mm-hmm. the you know Schedule A's together. I, I sort it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. When did you figure out this is a good way to do it? This is how I should structure it and check it out. I'm looking at this. You're missing this, this, and this, so I can get a clear picture. So I think it's. The honest answer would be when I would realistically tell you four to five years in the business, so call it 2009 and 10, when you're doing anything and everything you can, you're qualifying people on the spot. So let's say you have assistants in the office, someone comes with their stuff, hey, come here, check this out. Do you agree with what I'm looking at? Whereas when you're Johnny on the spot at an open house or at someone's house or at their work and you actually go there to qualify someone on the spot, you got your laptop, you got all your stuff in front of you. Knowing how to do it, I think it took about four to five years to really identify it. Now, what do you look for? Look at the income. Look at the deductions. Are they W-2? Are they self-employed? Look at their credit. Back then, look at their 2106, right? Look at all their deductions. Figure it out. Look at the meals and entertainment if you're self-employed. So there's different factors that you have to look at, but it's also knowing. So imagine thinking like an underwriter, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm the one that's going to approve the loan. I'm going to put my signature and my stamp on the line. How do I learn to think like that person? Because that person is who I need to be. I need to know exactly, I need to be one step ahead of them. That way I know what they're thinking when I'm meeting with the client. That way I know if it's gonna fly, yay or nay, and what it's gonna take to give them a loan. You know, it's funny because almost everybody that we talk to that's successful is always trying to put a system together to do everybody else's job for them. Right, so you're trying to do the underwriter's job for them. You're trying to prepare stuff for the client so that you're doing the realtor's job for them. Mm-hmm. You're trying to do everything that everybody else does 
and pretty much take the other person out of the picture. And when you do that, they're thankful for it. Yeah. <laughs> in a weird, strange way, right? It's like you said, you put the perfect package together when you do the taxes. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's like when you go buy a car. Are you going to buy the base model or are you going to buy the dope car that's matted out with the black rims or powder coat with oh, the this and the, that? Hell yeah. <laughs> I built that thing. But, um, but you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. you put something perfect, you're going to get a perfect approval. You're going to get the thumbs up. You do something sloppy, it's not going to go so well for you. And you're not going to provide a great experience for the consumer and for the agents on both sides, right? Everyone's your client. All right. So I want you to think back again a little bit. Um, you're in this business. Mm-hmm. You've been doing these caravans, mm-hmm. right? You're struggling. You're, you're the number three. You're creeping your way to the number one. What has transitioned in, in your life, you know, after doing that kind of work, that kind of grind? How did you transition to, you know, a, it's a little bit different because your approach today is way different than your approach then. What kind of transition? What types of things should a new person look to mm-hmm. where they become influencer versus trying to get attention? So two parts. How did I get there? The, se- the secret. The secret. The book. Okay, hold on. The movie. On. I think he's literally talking about the secret, the book. That's what, yeah. Okay. I was ready for like, you going to tell me a secret. Oh, no. I said the secret, <laughs> the book, the movie. Um, All right, cool. <laughs> and I saw the movie. I read the book, but I saw the movie like 11 times while they were the California fires way back in like 2000. What was it? 2008, mm-hmm. nine, right around there. It was the weekend, you couldn't leave, so You're I just, stuck. yeah, I grabbed an 18-pack of some shitty beer, and I had a Mexican food place next to me, just had, like, burrito Boom. or whatever, and hung out, and I just kept watching, 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 and I was just engraving in my brain, law of attraction, law of attraction, law of attraction. Um, funny story, I built a dream board, and ironically, that's how me and my wife got married, so she sent me a Christmas card, I bumped into her, and... You know, I cut out her picture, I put it on the dream board, I put a picture of a nice car with a Mercedes, that's 500, rest 550, stack of cash, nice house, um, and the beach, whatever, right? But I also wrote a lot of notes of what I had learned and what I wanted to become and what I was really trying to focus on my mindset. And in a year, I married her, I moved into her awesome house. I got my Mercedes, I started making money, <laughs> and uh, and everything was good. But I, I envisioned what I wanted, and I didn't stop until I got there. So my secret is focus on what you want and don't give up. And the more you think about it, you're going to attract that success to you. All right. Now, him and I always have this discussion because... Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's very much the emotional, the affirmation, the get stuff in your mind right, mm-hmm. right? So my thing is, all that is great and good, but you didn't just dream it into reality. There was something along the drive. The what got me there? Okay. Right. So let me rewind. Growing up in La Jolla, I had my friends that wealthy parents doing their thing. You go to people's houses, you're like, holy, holy shit, boy. nice house. Like, oh, <laughs> man, your dad's oh, My dad's a judge. Yeah, my dad's an attorney. Oh, my dad's a surgeon. I'm like, cool, man. My dad's in Peru doing his thing. My, my mom's doing psychology, trying to do real estate, you know, whatever. And and um, they're like, hey, where's your car? I'm like, I don't have a car. Right? So, hey, what are you doing this summer? Let's go do this. No way, dude. I'm working. So I was, I'd say out of my 10 plus friends, that I had at that time, the group of us, mm-hmm. I was the only one that had a job. My first job, I was 14. I started working for a collection company. Maybe I was 14 and a half turning 15. 
Um, what does a 14, 15-year-old do with a collection company? Filing paperwork. All right. Family friend that had a company, he allowed me to work for $4.05, and I worked my way up to $4.25. It was what amazing. a hell of a production. Learning curve. <laughs> um, but anyways, the drive was, I wanted what everyone else had, mm-hmm. right? I wanted I wanted to go hang out and do this. I wanted to go them to these places. I wanted to take those vacations. I wanted to do all this, but... You know, I didn't have it at my fingertips, and my family worked hard, but they weren't where everybody else was. And it was an ambition, a drive, and I wanted that. I really, really wanted that. And fast forward from, let's say, high school to after college, you know, some people call it call it the tables turn mm-hmm. because I didn't stop. I wasn't handed down shit. I had to work my ass off for everything I have, whereas a lot of my other friends you know were given things here and there yeah or or, or, and a lot of people did work hard a lot of them worked hard but not everybody so when you work extremely hard for something you really really want you're gonna achieve it just you have to focus on it you literally cannot stop until you do it and that's me so one thing i tell um my employees is look everybody has limits i don't have a limit why because i haven't achieved everything i want I want to get a house here. I want to do this. I want to do that. In order to do that, I have to keep working my ass off. I have to hustle. And I guess that's my drive. That's kind of going backwards. What drove me to get to where I am is wanting what everyone else had and wanting to do it for myself so that way one day I can provide it to my family. All right. I got two questions. You got to remind, yep. we got to remember them because I got, I got two. One was I, from, from what you're describing, your family didn't have very much money. Right, and so how do you transition? How do you? And, and but they weren't. It's not that they weren't hardworking. No, they're hard. They were just it's just they didn't earn the way that that is capable. That that sets them apart from people sure. who do. Right, it gives you the financial freedom to do right. a lot of things. Right. So I want to know. You know, question number one is what? Where did that come from with the with you? Where did you figure that out? Because your mom was obviously in real estate, so there was something there. But what's the difference between you know their drive trying to figure it out and what you've done? Well, I'll just start with that. So, I mean, that's that's tough, right? I mean, you, you it, tend to do is, what your parents do or be it, the, the level that your parents are at. Yeah. And yet you're above that. So I guess it has to do with, do you have someone taking care of you? Right? Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was married at that time. And obviously she's a spouse. And she's also doing her psychology and her real estate. And my stepdad had a couple different companies of different things and you know they would support one another they were they, were, they would complement one another and provide and do whatever it was that they did and obviously he would provide more than her but it wasn't i was very independent let me go backwards i've always been very independent since a kid i just an independent dude and i would always like hanging out at friends houses i never really wanted to be home that much i really wanted to be around other people to see what they did i I pay attention a lot one thing i always tell everyone is you can talk and i'm not going to interrupt you but i'm going to listen to everything you say and i'm going to stare at you because i'm legitimately remembering and listening to everything that way i can see what i can learn i can learn from actions i can learn from words i can learn from nonverbal communication but i'm going to learn and listen and that's something that i like to do I like to go to friends' houses, learn and listen. I love talking to their parents. I was intrigued by what they did. Like, mm-hmm. so you're a judge, no way. Yeah, so explain that to me. Like, what do you do? What kind of people? And you learn and you're like, wow, man. So if I was a judge, I could be living in a crib like this and top of Mountain La Jolla with this killer view and hanging out with my friends, launching golf balls at other people's houses and their roofs <laughs> and doing shit. But it was just motivation. And 
everyone has a different drive in life. Everyone has a different motivation. Some people can say, dude, I'm so motivated. I don't know what to do. Right. I know what to do. I know what, it's, what it takes to get to the next level. I also know what it takes to be comfortable. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm just not comfortable. I, I want more. Well, dig deep a little bit on that. What, what does it take? Because we get a lot of people who jump into this in, into this industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a licensed realtor is going to have their license for four years, yet they're going to drop out in two. Right. Right? And they come in with fire, supposedly. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of motivation. I want to get this done. Mm-hmm. How do I get to the next level? Like, what's, so, that, what's that difference? So I think a lot of people believe in their get rich quick. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, oh, dude, I just sold a million dollar house. Made myself 30 grand. Yeah, I'm gonna go on the trip. I'm gonna go to Europe. I'm gonna go this. Well, you just fucked up all the hard work you just did because you just blew it. You blew it. You blew it. People need to learn number one, invest in their business. You're doing great. You're making money. Awesome. Invest it in your business. Invest it in yourself. Create growth. Um, you know, social media. Back then, social media wasn't yeah, in existence. Um, but it was just flyers and caravans and. Print. There was a ton of print back. Print in the was day. expensive. It was super expensive. Ex- yeah, but it was way expensive back yeah. in the day. Um, and everybody had to pay for color. At mm-hmm. every, I don't care what company you pay for, you worked for, you had to pay for that color. And um, just reinvesting in yourself, believing in yourself, and not being comfortable. Just because you close one deal, high five. That means nothing. You have to keep going. You don't have to get cocky, kid. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. There's there's more to life than just one or two deals. Depends what your limit is. Do you want to build an empire? Do you want to build a name for yourself? Do you want to build a team? Do you want to build a brokerage? Like, what is it that you want? Or do you just want to be one of the biggest badasses out there? I don't know. Everyone's got different different stories. Um, you know, I love what I do. A lot of people don't love what they do. They just want to get the money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I actually love what I do. So I don't mind losing money. If I can develop more relationships, as weird as that sounds, because it's going to one day create me bigger growth. And that's what I want. Right. That, that's funny that you say that you love what you do, because uh, I was having this discussion with my wife just, just today. Actually, we had a lunch date and uh, I was telling her because, you know, she's like, you, you work a lot like you're up, you know, you're working, working, working till it's time to go to bed. And then, you know, you come to bed and you're like still thinking about stuff. I go, I think for me, it's. It's fun. Like I enjoy it. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like work. if it was work, I wouldn't. I'd be done at you know four o'clock, five o'clock. Check out. I'd be done, right? But I think that's and correct me if I'm wrong. That's kind of what you're pointing at. That's one of the reasons why you continue to to go. It's not so much I'm motivated, I'm motivated, motivated. I also actually enjoy, you know, talking to the next person mm-hmm. and solving a problem or identifying a problem they didn't even know they had. Yeah, and that and. Example, last week and I was doing open houses. So one thing I said in January, and this is for people that are looking out there to answer your question, what? What to do. What to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I were to raise my hand, how many of you do open houses? Hey, lenders, how many? I guarantee you there's less than 30% of people that actually go out and do open houses. They're like, ah, dude, that's realtors can do that. They can call me. And I get it. We're all, we all have families. We all have lives. We all have obligations. But... This January 2019, I knew that this year was going to be one of the biggest buyer markets. So I'm like, okay, how can I be in front of everyone else? What am I going to do so that people see, damn, that dude's really busting his ass and doing something that other people don't want, don't want to do? Mm-hmm. I want to work with them. So I was doing an open house. I went all the way down to Imperial Beach. Then I was in Orlando Village. Then I went back down by, uh, had lunch in Logan at my buddy Barrio Dogs Restaurant. Um, I was, eating my, I was eating my hot dog and I got a call. Hey, we have a buyer in Claremont. Can you come to Claremont right now? 
they want to write an offer. I'm like, dude, on my way. 20 minutes. Let me just eat real quick. Go over there. Boom. So I did IB, Rolando Village, went down to Logan, ended up in Claremont, all in like four hours. The point is, I'm, no one is too good not to do that. It's just how much you want to hustle and how determined you are and how much perseverance you have to drive you to where you want to be. Again, I don't have a fucking limit. I don't mind driving here or doing there. I mean, I don't mind. It's going to get me business. I'm doing the social media. Hey, check it out. I'm an IB. Hey, I'm here now. Hey, I'm here now. People are seeing, dude, this motherfucker is crazy. He's driving all over San Diego, going to all these open houses, hanging out with the realtors, qualifying people. I what, should call him. What, what am I doing? Yeah, I should call him. I, I would love him to come by my open house next weekend mm-hmm. because my lender isn't doing this shit. So again, you're standing out. You're creating attention. You're doing something that other people aren't doing. That's beautiful. You made me feel good, by the way, because it's exactly what we've started doing with the podcast. It's showing up. It's commenting on people's stuff. You know, mm-hmm. that's our open house is a social media post. Every time you post something, I always I, I love the the kind the kind of post that you put because they're just straight questions and they create engagement. Dude, it's insane, huh? It's insane. Like you put a post and it's like ninety something comments, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not technical. It's not create. It's it's. I mean, it's super creative, mm-hmm. personally, right? But it's something as simple as target a Walmart. Yeah. Walmart, right? Yeah. And, but it's already that little dividing factor. It's just causing engagement. And it came from you. You get people to comment. You comment back. It's just exposure. And you're, you're using the same strategy, but you're using it in open houses and getting in front of agents. Mm-hmm. That's that's pure genius, by the way. Oh, I mean, it's you. simple marketing 101. Yeah. Get in front of people and tell them what does you do. Yeah. It's just like a realtor door knocking. Dude, yes. you have to do it. You, you want to go door knock your farm. But going on what you're saying with social media, here's something else for people that want to really do growth. How many people do you have on your social media? Like following you? Uh, or Facebook, five, almost yeah. a thousand. Okay, cool. So how many of those thousand do you actually know? Now? The only reason why it's almost a thousand is because of the show okay. and because I interact with them. So you've met with a thousand people? No, I comment. I talk to a thousand people. Okay. DM and whatever. Okay. So I have like a little bit more than that. But I use it as a business tool. So the second there's a really cool post and everyone's engaging like the target old Walmart. Mm-hmm. Dude, that thing was awesome. There was 90-something posts. 50% of those people I've never worked with. There's and it gives me an opportunity to hit them up. But, hey, thank you so much for engaging. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, wasn't that funny? Hey, by the way, I noticed that you just closed this and this to your research. No. Yes. You're, whoever you're dealing with, here's yes. another tip. Whoever you're dealing with, always know more about them than they think you know about them. So just be one step ahead. And it's easy. Super easy. It's public record. You can look it up. So I'll know how many deals you've closed, how long your transactions took, who your lender was, um, where the house was. I mean, I can find everything. And I'm going to give you a compliment. I'm going to stroke your ego a little bit. But what I'm really doing is starting engagement. I want an opportunity to work with you. And if it's going to be via social media to just get a conversation, right on, I'll take it. And then I'm going to continue it and continue it and grow and grow. And one day I guarantee I'll be sitting with you one-on-one selling you why you need to work with me. And then I'm going to be your lender. That's, you know, and, and here's the thing. It sounds so easy, right? I mean, theoretically, it's easy. Yeah. What you just described is an easy thing to do. What it takes is a little bit of effort and a little bit of work. 
Because you do actually have to look them up. You do actually have to reach out and compliment you gotta them. you got to work. You actually have to put it on a schedule that you're going to follow up with them. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and those are, I think, those small little technicalities that that it's the difference between an, an agent or a lender or somebody who's going to get on the show and fall off in two years or who's going to make it. Mm-hmm. I think that's that 20% or even that 10% of the people in the business that become successful because they do these little things. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't, I don't, I've rarely heard anybody come on the show that I talk to as a top producer that has some dramatic big thing that they do. They always, it's always the little fundamentals mm-hmm. like a baseball coach. Like anybody in the pros, right? Mm-hmm. You still got to work on the ground balls. Mm-hmm. You still got to throw the ball, right? Everything else is fabulous. Those contracts are great, but if you don't have the fundamentals down, that's right. You're not going to have those contracts. That's right. Still got to learn how to shoot that free throw. That's <laughs> right. Learn how to and, shoot that free throw. And it's just structure, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you start your day? Like, do you know what you're doing every day? Every day. Okay. Yeah. Do you write down like, okay, today I know I'm gonna have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. Do you, do you actually like have a calendar? Or you use your phone for just knowing what you need to do. Yeah, I use my Google. Okay. Mm-hmm. Five days a week, every morning, the very first thing I do when I get in my office, I'm like, okay, call my to-do list. What did I achieve yesterday that I need to start fresh with the new thing today? And what am I going to do today? How many calls am I going to make? Who am I going to call? What didn't I get to yesterday that I need to do right now before anyone else? And then what am I going to be doing? I'm, I plan my whole day. Monday step through one. Friday, step one. That's the first thing I do when I actually get in my office after going to the gym. That's what I do. I just have to set my day and, and accomplish everything. Like, boom, make it happen. But see, that's, that's again, another pearl of wisdom right there, right? This is one of those things. Like, instead of just kind of flying off this, you know, you see to your pants, you have a general idea. Well, I'm going to wake up around this time, go to the gym, I'm going to pick up the kids, and I got to make dinner at six, and, uh, you know, I got to make some phone calls somewhere in there. Like, you literally, you, you do this on a daily basis, or you do it for the week at the beginning of the week? Monday through Friday. So every, every day. day. Every day. So every day, you know exactly. You have your time blocks set up, mm-hmm. you know, you even have a goal for each time block. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Do you have your lists and stuff already printed? Um, it's a blank list that I have. Oh. I put do not disturb. (laughs) 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 That's all right, dude. That's right. Now that, that's, but see, having that structure, I think is, is one of the most important things without a structured day, without a set path on what you're going to do, you're going to, you're going to go straight. You're going to go in any direction Mm -hmm. because you're going to be like, (laughs) like a fart in the wind, dude. It's just going to go wherever it's going to go and you're going to fall off. The biggest problem in our industry in the real estate, whether it's lending, whether it's escrow, whether it's title, whether it's, you know, the realtor, is we all multitask. We all have families. We all have phone calls. We all get text messages. We all get emails. We all have appointments. And it's the problem. We're like, oh, my God, I'm on a phone. Oh, shit. I got to do this email. Wait, who's texting me? And then you forget about one thing. Mm -hmm. And if you're literally not accomplishing one task at a time, you're going to screw yourself up and you're going to. Something's going to go down the road. Well, down the wrong road. People say that multitasking is efficient, but it's actually inefficient because of what you just said. You always end up missing something. So you always will miss just one or two things, but you'll be like, ah, oh, they were important. I knew I had to do that. Like, like a text message, right? You read a text message and then you get a phone call. And then after the phone call, you get another phone call. And then after the phone call, your office line rings or you get an email. And you never replied back to that text that you had. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, or or, or you then, start writing it and it stays there. Yes. You're like, fuck, I, I thought 
I sent that. And I look, it's just, I, it's still just sitting there. I'm like, yeah. that's the worst. I'm like, hey, I'm going to give you an excuse right now, but I swear I had it type. I just didn't, <laughs> I hit, didn't hit send. send. Yeah. Yeah. I do that sometimes with emails. It's the same type of thing. Yeah. It sits in your, it's just as a draft. Mm-hmm. It just sits there. And you're like, damn it, I should have sent that already. No, I 100%. And, and, you know, it's funny because we talked about multitasking. And I, uh, we have uh, Miss Melina Palmer. She has a show called The Brainy Business. She's going to be on our podcast next week. And she talks about how the brain works and how the brain operates. And we literally cannot multitask. We can only focus on the one thing. We can have multiple tasks open, mm-hmm. but our mind is only capable of focusing on the one thing. Mm-hmm. So once we we take our attention to something else, the other thing is that's why we forget about it because we have to physically make an effort to remember what it is that we're working on. So we're not multitaskers, just pure biologically speaking. We can't, and we think we can. The other thing that you said was, you know uh the structure we're all 1099 people we're all commission people so structure doesn't exist unless we create it for ourselves Mm -hmm. which is why if you have a nine to five those people get a lot done because they're told what to do Mm -hmm. your employees are probably very productive because you have them set on certain tasks to do but your freedom well your freedom is a gift and a you know blessing and a curse in the same thing it's a blessing because you got the time it's a curse because you have the time. <laughs> True. And I mean, right now it's, uh, it's whatever, a little after 4.30. And I probably have, most people would have at least, well, I probably have over 100 emails mm-hmm. in one hour. But I have someone on my emails. And I'm getting a ton of phone calls in my office. But I have someone there, right? And that's structure. It's delegating your daily tasks. If I'm not going to be there, someone's going to have to man my desk. Someone's going to have to do this. I need different inboxes going. I need you guys to reply as me do this do that my people know how i think and how i operate um which is really cool right Um, (laughs) extension not all the time but it is kind of cool but it's also part of structure it's Mm -hmm. when you build a big business is taking the time to do something like this and not having to be like yeah yeah okay yeah yeah and on my phone and be disrespectful right the biggest the biggest insult you can do here's another thing people learn the biggest mistake people make when they go for a one-on-one a meeting a coffee a lunch i don't really give a shit when they grab their phone. Oh wait, hey, do you need to get that? Hey, do you need to get that? No, no, I don't, I don't need, wait, let me see. Yeah, just give me one second. That's the biggest sign of disrespect. Oh, it means you're not important enough. It means, yeah, it means they don't care about you. Yeah, I, and, and, and it, that's another thing that people need to learn. And that, well, yeah, I agree, because it's not necessarily that uh, you're not, you might not be saying it, but it's what your subconscious picks up. Yeah, it's your yeah, actions. Your, it's your actions, and they speak louder than words. That's right. Awesome, man, dude. Hey, we're running the bend on time here. Really appreciate you coming Thank on. Thank you show. for having me, man. I'm stoked. This is awesome. It was, right? It was yeah, cool. Yeah. Quick super and easy. Cool. This is fun. Dug a little deeper. Yeah. Got to know, got to know Mr. Bayon just a That's little right. bit more. That's right. <laughs> and we know now now when we go hang out with him, because uh, now you're a friend of the business bros. So cheap beer and burritos. That's right. That's right. Something got this. Something got this and some burritos. I'm down <laughs> with that. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, do me a favor. Tell the camera uh, how, how they can get a hold of you if uh, people want to work with you. Cool. You guys can always call me at 858-257-2832. Cool. And it's right there on your banner, right? Point down. Actually, I have a different number on the banner. Oh, see, that was the bat line. Let me give you the other. Oh, you put my cell phone out there, huh? 858-735-0255. It's my cell. Shoot me a text. I'm always available via text, phone call, email. Um, the other number I gave you was my office line. Perfect. Yeah, sorry about that. That was no, the number cool. that was on your Instagram. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys want to be on the show, Hernan at csfirst.com, my number, 619-884-4915. Go ahead and call it. You're already on your phone listening to the podcast anyways. Or if you have any insurance needs, James at csfirst.com, 619-884-0045. Follow us on social media at Business Bros Pod. Thanks again for being on the show. We really me. appreciate you, Thank you. being uh, vulnerable and open. Thank you. All right, guys, that's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Later. Bye-bye. And I'm out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show. 